0: Today we will be continuing our discussion of 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 17-22, to 22, as we're working with this proposition that false teachers are a danger to others and themselves, and so we begin to notice some characteristics that prove that or bear that uh, proposition out, some traits, if you will. We saw in the first part of verse 17 that false teachers have a deceptive look, then in verse 18... We saw that false teachers appeal to those on the fringe. Well, now as we get into verse 19, we see a third trait uh, that brings out this aspect that they are a danger to others and themselves, and that is this, that they are hypocritical. Verse 19, Peter writes this under the direction and guidance of the Holy Spirit. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. Whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. False teachers are hypocritical. Hypocrites are addressed many times in the scriptures. Jesus used the term of the Pharisees and scribes many times, especially in Matthew chapter 23. A hypocrite is not a good thing, it is someone who says one thing and does another, and that is exactly what a false teacher is. Now, before we get into their specific hypocrisy, let's address a criticism that comes fairly rapidly (laughs) uh, as as any time that somebody brings up something, especially with the unsaved world, and that is that all Christians are hypocrites. Okay, uh, so th- we're conf- we're committing a category error uh, when we do this. In other words, uh, when we speak of false teachers as hypocrites, it's not the same thing. Uh, and and here's what I mean: the standard of scripture, right? We know the call to scripture is "Be holy, even as I am holy," or It's even phrased another way, uh, you need to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, on the one hand, that is the ideal, but we also know theologically that you cannot attain perfection. And so even though the standard is holiness, no one is claiming that they can be, okay? No true Christian is claiming that they can be sinless and perfectly holy. We know that one day we will be that, one day we will be fully sanctified, one day we will be what what Jesus has uh, obtained for us uh, in a positional way, what he did at the cross and at the moment of our salvation he obtained positionally for us will be realized when we are taken from this world and into the next to inherit eternal life. And then we will be perfect. But there is a category error, right? Because we we don't say, you know, people, one of the criticisms that may come, and this is actually probably the broadest criticism, is that people don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. Well, there is an aspect to that that's actually true. The church is full of hypocrites. Uh, James says to him who knows the right thing to do and he does not do it, to him it is sin. And there is a very real aspect where Christians are Sinning continually. In fact, John's writing of his first epistle, we uh, we know that he's addressing that to believers. It's not written to the unsaved. In fact, none of the Bible is necessarily written to the unsaved. Uh, although there is an argument to be made that John's gospel is written as an apologetic to convince people to be saved. Uh, so we do have that. But for sure, John's epistles are written to the believers, uh, to the Christians of that day. And there, he says in the first chapter of 1 John, if anyone says he has no sin or he is not a sinner, he deceives himself and the truth is not in him. But if we confess our sins, uh, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's writing that to believers. So uh, I get it. Okay. So if somebody comes to you and says, listen, the church is full of hypocrites, there is a sense where that is true. uh, But... Then you have to balance it all out, right? So if people come and say, "Listen, you can't judge anybody," uh, right? Matthew seven verse one. It's now becoming almost the most famous verse in all of the Bible that is known by the unbelieving world more than John three sixteen. Judge not, lest you be judged. Uh, you know, just keep reading. For by the same, by the by the measure of judgment that you judge, that will you be judged by. Okay. But that does mean that we can judge by the scripture, knowing that we will be judged by the scripture. And in fact, we're commanded to judge all over the place. So that's taken out of context as well. So a hypocrite is somebody who says one thing and does another. So here's the question. Is, is the church guilty of every time we sin and we know that we're not supposed to do that are we guilty of hypocrisy well there's a difference between the practice of sin and then the repentance of that the turning away from that the asking of forgiveness that we see outlined keeping a short account with god right in first john chapter 1 there's a difference between that and then teaching others to do one thing while you do something different so what we're really focusing here on is hypocrisy in Teaching, All right, so when we say that false teachers are hypocritical, we're looking at what they're actually teaching to others. The first thing that they are teaching is freedom. They promise them freedom. Okay. And these, by the way, are the people who are on the fringe. Uh, it's, it's hard to entice away somebody who is orthodox, who's solid, but just go to the preceding verse, those who are barely escaping from those who live in er- error. It's that same category of people that are so easily uh, entrapped and drawn in and enticed, and they're promising them freedom. So the question is, is what kind of freedom are they being promised or are they promising to others? Well, we know this from the scripture. Jesus himself said in John chapter 8, verse 36, If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed, right? They're probably not talking about that kind of freedom. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 31 to 32, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We could also look at other scriptures like Romans chapter 8, verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Or a little bit later uh, in Paul's other epistles, we have in the book of Galatians, for instance, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, we read this For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand therefore and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Uh, Great, great words of encouragement there. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 to 15, we read this, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. And now he's delivering them from slavery, which means he's making them free. Or what about this in James chapter 1, verse 25? But the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And that is the freedom, by the way. That's the freedom that the Bible articulates. But we have to ask ourselves what kind of freedom is actually in view. What freedom are they teaching? Well, it's probably not that kind of freedom because that's not profitable. If the sun shall make you free, I mean, to properly exegete that, you have to understand from what you are being freed, right? Then you dig deeper into the scripture and find out, as we've just read in some of these other passages, that we are being freed from sin and death. Uh, We are no longer slaves to sin. We have been set free from that slavery, that bondage to sin and its corrupt passions, which leads ultimately to death. And we have been set free from the power of sin. We have been set free from our bondage to that. And now we are bond slaves to Christ. So they leave freedom open ended. You can be free. And sometimes they fill in the gap with deceptive doctrine and they say that you can be free financially from your financial burdens. You can be free from pain. They teach freedom, but they fail to teach freedom biblically. Okay, so freedom really here that a false teacher is teaching and proclaiming is freedom without definition. It's freedom that is malleable. You can conform it to whatever you want it to be. And that type of freedom is not the freedom that the scriptures articulate. But not only are they giving a very ambiguous, undefined freedom as they teach it, but they themselves don't even know freedom. While they are preaching freedom, they are actually slaves of corruption, which we read here in the text. They don't know freedom. They are slaves of corruption. This is according to the natural observable law. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. John 8:34, Romans chapter 6, verse 16. And so we we recognize here that they themselves are slaves of corruption they are slaves to their taskmaster which is greed and other things so they actually are preaching an unbiblical freedom while at the same point they have never experienced freedom and they don't know what true freedom is, they are 100% hypocritical. It's dangerous to their own souls and for sure it is dangerous to others. False teachers don't know the gospel. They can't even proclaim the gospel accurately. Uh, They may every once in a while say something that's sort of on par with the scripture, but they've so twisted it that it's really hard to sort that out from the rest of things. So probably not a good place to look, right? Some people come and say, hey, I really get benefit when I listen to some of these people. They're great speakers, they're enjoyable to listen to, and they can't be wrong all the time. Even a broken clock is right twice a day, (laughs) right? As the saying goes. Uh, that's probably not where you want to be going for the main body of your sustenance and nourishment spiritually is to somebody who's wrong most of the time, but occasionally right. There is probably one other aspect that we could look at, one angle that we could examine this point from, and that is that the freedom that they promise is actually the freedom that the Bible talks about, but they're actually truly hypocrites in the sense of it, that they may be saying that and offering that because they're using the terminology and verbiage of scripture, but they themselves have no idea what they're talking about and they don't have it. So that is another aspect as well. Not only do they twist the scriptures and sometimes mistakenly stumble across the truth and maybe say the right things, but they might actually be saying that there is eternal life that is possible, and they themselves have no idea what that is because they are slaves of corruption. So it's really interesting to to look at it from that standpoint as well. Well, for the sake of time and because we want to give due time to the last point, I think we'll end this episode here. And when we come back, we'll finish out the text looking at verses 20 through 22 and also the last half of verse 17, which we didn't look at before, but we'll save that until the next episode. This has been another podcast of Expositional Excerpts with Pastor Matthew Pilch. If you'd like more information, please visit our church website at gfbc.net.